Welcome to the Wheatful Woman Podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Goff, and I'm so excited you're here. I'm an online product shop owner over at Wheat & Honey Co., a business strategist leading women-owned, profitable, and purposeful businesses, and your host here at the Wheatful Woman Podcast. Join us as we have fun and soulful conversation with a bunch of girlfriends pursuing a life full of intention and purpose. We are here to give you space and tools for your holistic wellness journey and hope you leave each episode feeling a bit more full than when you came. All right, Wheatful Women, let's dive in. Hey, Wheatful Women, today's episode features Jess Hoddle. Jessica is passionate about helping women get emotionally and physically healthy while keeping God at the center. She inspires and encourages thousands by sharing her own personal struggles, victories, and journey through life. Jessica is a successful online entrepreneur, speaker, podcaster for What's the Truth, and author of two best-selling books, Know Your Worth and A Worthy Wife, along with a third book, Own Your Worth. Her passions are being a wife to her husband, John, being a mama to their three cats, and spending her free time outside wherever she can, playing golf, hiking, reading, or writing in her journal. Jessica has a heart that runs hard after Jesus and credits everything she has done to her Savior. Here's my conversation with Jess. Hey, Jessica, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited too. We've had this fun two-week conversation going <laughs> where I was able to be on your podcast and now you're on the Wheatful Woman podcast. And I'm really excited for our community of women to mm-hmm. get to know you. I was preparing for this and praying over this time together and began to get really excited about these themes that we saw of healing and identity and worth and what it looks like to wait well and be patient and how our spirits, our souls, and our bodies all play a role in that. Mm -hmm. And as we chat today, I would love to start with a very open-ended question and ask you what you feel like the Lord's teaching you right now in this season and what he's asking you to lean into. Mm. I think for me, it's he's learning or he's teaching me about how even though there's chaos, Mm -hmm. there is security. Mm. And I say that because I've been reading through the Bible and I've, I've been reading the Old Testament and the New Testament, like kind of together. So I just finished the New Testament. I'm not right, reading it in any kind of rhyme or reason or any kind of, I just want to read the entire Bible, right? Yeah, and yeah. I am in Psalms right now and mm-hmm. it has been just blessed in my heart because in the midst of chaos, because I put myself in that writer's sh- like position mm-hmm. now, because it's mm-hmm. really real right now where he's like, my enemies are surrounding me. Where are you, Lord? It doesn't feel like you're here. Where are you? I can't see you. And then he goes into things, you know, the writers, they just go into, but you are in control. You are my refuge. You are my shield. You, you will do all of these things for me. And it's just beautiful. And that's kind of where I feel, okay, I can sit in the writer's position and go, okay, I can see all the chaos. He saw the chaos. He saw the enemies coming into their camp. He saw these things, but in the midst, he had security. Mm-hmm. He had security in where his soul was, um, where it was placed that the Lord would revenge and take care of his enemies and there would be refuge and he was the shield. I mean, 
in the book of Psalms, refuge is used so many times, Mm -hmm. which is this security. It's this place. We think of refuge as kind of like, I'm going to run away and I'm going to go to that place because I know I'm going to be safe. Yeah. And that is kind of what he is showing me in the midst of chaos, there is security. Mm. You know, in the chaos of 2020, I have never heard anybody put it that way. Oh, it's a fresh revelation. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there is so much security. And oh, I love that. I just need to sit in that for a second (laughs) before we move on. I love that. So can you tell us just a bit about you? Can you tell us about your family, your heart for your work, for writing, anything behind the scenes in regards to your books, anything that you want to share? I would love for us just to get to know you a little bit. Mm, Yeah. I, well, yeah, (laughs) Uh, let me just share it away. I, well, I'm 32 at the time of this recording and I have been working from home since I was 24. I accepted the Lord at 22 and that's when I bought my first house and basically started my first fitness business and everything like that. I, I had one full time job pretty much my whole life and it was eight years. I worked at Joan Fabrics and they basically raised me there. I, Love, I mean, my boss and I had, we went after each other all the time, but so respect at the same time, you know, and I grew up in that place and it taught me so much. And now I just work from home and I do fitness full time and I do faith full time, but that wasn't always the case. I didn't always combine them. I really put who I was in men at a very young age, my relationship status. I come from a home that was, um, abuse, abusive, you know, mental and physical. And I just reached for something else to make me feel good and hopefully to feel love. Then it went to my body and then it went to, uh, what I did my work. So it was like men, my body. And then I put all of who I was into my work and just coming on the other side and healing from trauma and past wounds and everything is now why I write books. Like I never said I was going to write a book ever. It was never even in like my, my goals. Like Mm -hmm. I never saw it coming. Uh, What's amazing is I always like to say, God brings things full circle. Mm -hmm. And I I have a notebook from when I was in like third grade, fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade of just like poems that Mm -hmm. I would write through my pain put it on the shelf for years. I still have it, but it's this reminder that even when I didn't know, yeah. God knew. And it was just kind of this beautiful moment because mm-hmm. of course I didn't, I wasn't raised in a Christian home, didn't mm-hmm. know God. I remember crying out to God, which is why I love this idea that God knew us before we knew him because our hearts want to cry father. They want to cry God, even when we don't know him. It's like, it is in our DNA to mm-hmm. want the father. Mm-hmm. And so now I just love encouraging women of what I've gone through to help them realize that they don't have to stay where they are. And what was doesn't always have to be. Yeah. So what age did you come to your faith and start to grow that intimate relationship with God? Well, I was 22. My cousin had presented, okay. you know, kind of, do you know Christ? Have you accepted mm-hmm. him? And after that, I, I started to go to church somewhat, uh, non-denominational, tithe a little bit. I was kind of the very much the uh, Christian checklist kind of girl. That's what mm-hmm. I like to say. Of, what are we supposed to do? Okay, let me do it. Because yeah. I am I also love lists. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. give me a good list and I'm like checking it off. Got it. And that just kind of bled into my relationship with the father. 
Mm-hmm. And I was a cherry picker Bible studier. I would just, you know, pull out scripture because I was never taught. And I think that's something I'm passionate about now too, is when we accept Jesus as our savior, I think that's why so many of us, when they, we do get accepted, we do receive him is like, we're like, what do we do now? Mm-hmm. Cause our life doesn't quote unquote change. It's mm-hmm. through the word. Does our life change? Mm-hmm. And that was something that I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how to study the Bible. I didn't know what any of this really meant. I just knew, well, I'm going to heaven, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. And I recently read that, you know, salvation isn't a cancellation. It's transformation. Like, it's not just canceling your sins and your debt. It's literally transformation. Like, you Mm -hmm. don't just, like sit back and go, I'm going to heaven. And this is like my life and nothing gets to change. Like, no, like when you accepted Jesus, it was like your whole life now mm-hmm. gets to change mm-hmm. and, and transform. So mm-hmm. hopefully that answers the question. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's so easy to think, okay, I'm going to make this decision and I'm going to do all these things. And my circumstance is going to become better. Yeah. I'm going to have this new protection where everything is perfect. And what is so, it's sneaky, but it is so beautiful. Circumstance is circumstance. And we're not promised for our pain and our sorrow and our fear to disappear. That's not part of it. But what we are promised is that we get to do it with God. We're no longer alone. We, we know Him and we get to walk in His strength and in His courage and in faith of knowing that He is good and that He's gone before us. And one thing that the Lord's really been showing me is anywhere that you look up and you find yourself, I'm already there. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's been a revelation a little bit because I think, oh no, there's this unknown and I don't know what's going to happen. And I'm getting a little bit anxious and I'm a little bit unsure. But then when I remember, wait, God's already here. God already knew this was going to happen. He's gone before me. He is with me. He is through me. Let me just think about him a little bit more than I'm thinking about me right now mm-hmm. and just walk in this. And <clears throat> the beauty of that, yeah, knowing God does not guarantee that <laughs> it's not going to be just all sunshine, but it is. It, it, it's not sunshine in the way of the world where everything is perfect and you get everything that you think you want but it's sunshine in the sense that you have this fullness and this peace and this joy that can't be touched no matter what happens. It can't be touched. And that that's been big for me just these last couple of weeks of God telling me, Brittany, I'm already here. You didn't beat me here. I knew this was going to happen and I'm already here. So with that, can you tell us about your books? I was, I was loving just reading all of the reviews of the women that have been transformed through what God has done through you. And I saw the own your worth, a worthy wife, know your worth. Can you just tell us about these topics and what they mean to you and what that experience has been like through writing those? Mm. I wrote know your worth really through a season of pain. And because when a book comes out, it's usually a year or so later, but in the midst, I'm usually writing it, even though when it comes out, I'm typically Mm -hmm. through it at that point. Mm -hmm. And that year was, I called a year from hell. Mm -hmm. It was the first chapter I wrote and it was like chapter 11 now in the book or something like that. It's just later in the book, but it was just kind of like coming to myself. I had to like be stripped of everything. And it was like, I felt as though 
I was trying to get men to love me in so many different ways. That whole year was about, will somebody love me? And nobody would take the bait. Nobody (laughs) wanted to be with me that year. And it was almost as though... God just kept reminding me like, this is not for you. Like these people are not for you. And I have let you do this long enough. Like I still had my free will, right? Like Mm -hmm. I was still making the choices, Mm -hmm. but it was just like, oh my gosh, like why do I keep doing this to myself? And finally it was just like, okay, I get it. Like finally it took almost Mm -hmm. the whole year. Mm -hmm. And that was really what prompted Know Your Worth because I had put everything of who I was into what I weighed what I did, and the men around me. And in that book, I share, it's kind of like the foundational piece. I always tell people like, read Know Your Worth first because you're going to hear about my story, Mm -hmm. my childhood growing up. You're going to hear about um, my body, my business, my fitness business, how I was running that. It's a little bit of everything. And then Worthy Wife takes you into the season of me getting married, getting like meeting my husband on eHarmony, how to communicate, like mm-hmm. how to understand each other, boundaries, all those things. And then own your worth is kind of the next piece. And if you read them all in order, you can see me growing up. That's what I always like to say. Like That's you can cool. see me uh, growing up and you can see my, my, my journey, you know, mm-hmm. my history. And own your worth is really about that. It was people kept saying, how do I know my worth? But I want to get people from just not knowing it to actually walking it out, living in your worth, because that is completely different. We can know it, but we can't live. We don't live it. And I wanted people to begin living it out. Mm. Through your work, you talk a lot about healing. Mm. What would you say to a woman that's recently experienced trauma on any end of the scale? And how would you empower her to seek healing right now? If this is something that is fresh for her, whether it's relationship driven or maybe it's expectations that weren't met through a friendship, Mm -hmm. maybe it's physical or emotional abuse. If she is walking through the early stages of healing, how would you speak to her today? Mm -hmm. There's so many layers I feel like that go to that, but two of them is acknowledge and don't run. Because mm-hmm. if I could have 2020 hindsight into almost half of, I mean, literally over half my my life, I think, I think I came out of my mother's womb in trauma, fight or flight. I think even in the womb, because my mm-hmm. my dad was an alcoholic and he smoked cigarettes and things like that, and he was very abusive to my mom. And I think that when I was in the womb, that was still happening because out of the womb I saw it. Mm-hmm. And I think that knowing that when you're a child, your body just it responds and you don't know what's going on that you're in fight or flight most of your life and you're trying to survive. And when you're younger, we kind of take on the self complex of, I know that my, my parents and stuff have to protect me. So it must be my fault. Mm -hmm. We can't look at our caregivers as being wrong because if we do, then what? Mm -hmm. And, and then I started taking it on. And so for me, Going into my 20s, 25, I was blaming my parents for the way that I was living at 25, but I wasn't aware of the trauma that I was facing. I wasn't aware that it was how I was responding in relationships, how I was responding to friendships, my work. It was all just a symptom of my pain. Mm -hmm. So I think for me, the first thing I can tell somebody is to acknowledge and don't run. Because it's, I always say, if you run from your emotions, they'll run you. Mm. 
<laughs> That's a quote I, card. <laughs> it is. Go ahead and Twitter that. Tweet yeah. That. Um, but yeah, that I think for me is acknowledge what is it? What are you experiencing? What are you feeling? Why are you feeling it? Why did this upset you the most? Like, what did it trigger inside of you? Did it bring back memories? Did it like just we got to sit and acknowledge it and then like, like feel it instead of running from it. And then that's when we might need somebody very close to walk us through it. Not somebody that I always say, don't find somebody that's just going to agree with you, Mm -hmm. especially if maybe it was a friendship, something that is still trauma, but there's two people and you're in constant communication. Like, don't just go to somebody that's going to be like, yeah, you're totally right, Britt. Like, you know, who cares what they say? Like you want somebody that's actually going to ground you in truth and ask you questions to get you actually through this and not just repeat a cycle. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important. Yeah. We talk a lot on this podcast about our identity and where our identity is found. What are a few identifiers you believe God has placed on your life and how would you guide other women to lean into their identity in Christ? Yeah. For me, it's, I have started breaking down our worth kind of into three parts. Worth is, okay, so what are you currently putting your identity in? Do you even know? Again, we kind of, we're, we're so busy <laughs> that we don't even realize that we're hoping this person says we're amazing. Well, why do we want that person to say we're amazing, right? Or why do we want this job promotion so bad? Like, yeah, it's awesome to get a job promotion, but is it because you want to prove somebody that you're smart and you're capable, right? There's, it doesn't have to always be a reason, but where is your worth currently being placed? Because that's something that we need to address in order to rebuild a foundation. The second part I like to ask women is, who do you believe God to be? Because if you, if you believe him to be an angry God or a God that just strikes people down, that doesn't care about people, that lets all the destruction happen in this world, um, then that is directly how you will shape who you think you are. Because we shape our identity and worth on who we think God thinks we are. And if we're made in his image, mm-hmm. how we view his image matters. Mm-hmm. And the third thing is his getting to know what are God's characteristics and his nature. Knowing that helps us to also understand where our worth comes from and living that out. Because if we're made in his image, like I said, then we get to live out his nature and his character because we have his comforter, the Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. the guidance we have, and we are you know, we have the mind of Christ. It says that we have everything pertaining to life and godliness that we need. I think that is so important. So that's kind of how I break down like identity and worth is like those three things Mm -hmm. because they're all wrap up into the foundation of what you're building upon. Mm -hmm. You're speaking fire this morning. (laughs) I'm preaching. I'm preaching. Oh, good. I love it. (laughs) So another thing that we've chatted about before is waiting well and this Mm -hmm. theme of patience. And I don't think it matters where we are in our life. We are all waiting well to some extent. We have an opportunity to wait well right now and to be patient for something. What does that look like to you? Mm. I always say to women, waiting well does not mean complacency. And I think that's so important is when we think of waiting well, sometimes we think, okay, I'm going to sit back and kind of wait for God to put it into my lap, or I'm going to wait for it to happen. And it's really knowing and standing in truth without being complacent in action. Mm. 
And that's what's important because I can wait well, because let's be honest, what does God always point back to? The heart, always. Mm -hmm. That's why there could be chaos, but security. Mm -hmm. It's because he wants you to be dependent on him in your mind, will, and your emotions. And that's depending on his word, which is Mm -hmm. in his spirit, which we have access to. And I think for me, waiting well is in my heart, knowing and understanding that in faith and in time and in patience, I will inherit the promises of God. In Hebrews, it talks about faith and patience, Mm -hmm. and they inherit the promise of God. I love actually in Hebrews 11 when it's listing, but it also says that they saw, even though they didn't see, like they saw in their spirit, they even though they were separated from God, they saw beyond what they physically could see. Mm-hmm. And that encourages me so much. I don't want my external environment to dictate what I know to be true of what the visions that God has given me. Like you, when you close your eyes and you just mm-hmm. dream and you allow yourself to dream big things that you don't think you could ever do, but you know, God could do through you. And just knowing that despite what I see now, I know what I see in my spirit. And that is important. Mm. And going back to the character of God. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. focusing on Him and knowing Him. Can we talk about how our spirit and our soul and our body all play together? How we can be mindful of how all of these different elements are what enable us to walk with the Lord. I know you are an expert in the fitness space and you lead women in their faith and you are so in tune with our soul and our spirit. How do you see all those playing together and what would you leave the women with today to be mindful of that? Mm. What I love about this is spirit, soul, and body. So we have, we are a spirit, we have a soul and we live in a body. And the way I love to look at this is if you have like a valve you know, you think of like a hose or, and then you have the valve and your soul is the valve. Your soul is a valve that you either turn on from the spirit or you turn on from the body. Your soul is that center place that connects you to the word because mm-hmm. it's your mind, will, and your emotions. And it's mm-hmm. how I like to see it because you can turn the valve off to the word of God and you can just partner with your body and your flesh. And we can see that because it talks about, you know, the works of the flesh are, you know, jealousy and envy and, you know, all of it just goes in. We can see what the repercussions are of that in scripture, but when we partner with the spirit, which, you know, it's, mm-hmm. we can see the, the kindness, the goodness, the gentleness, the self-control, uh, we're able to persevere. So our soul becomes the gateway for how uh, we live in our body mm-hmm. and how our body responds because our body will follow what we think. Mm-hmm. And if we tune out and kind of check out and separate the two, our body will actually begin to dictate what we should be thinking. Mm-hmm. And that's where we get where our emotions begin to run us if we're not paying attention and taking those mm-hmm. thoughts captive. Mm-hmm. What are some ways that you pay attention in your daily routine? What are some things that you're mindful of that you can quickly call out and think, okay, that's my body. I need to get back in touch yeah. with the spirit. I want to encourage women that this is kind of like a muscle that you train. Mm-hmm. Like it really is. Cause I, like you said, 25 years old, 26 year olds, mm-hmm. 27, even after I got married, it was, I was still responding and reacting, but now I'm able to ask myself questions. And that's usually how I get myself back in 
-hmm. If I'm irritated with my husband, (laughs) I typically (laughs) ask myself, why am I irritated? Mm -hmm. And sometimes it will go to, well, I had a kind of a crappy day at work today. Mm -hmm. And I'm responding out of the crappy day to him. And then I can then communicate to him like, hey, I'm sorry. Like, I apologize a lot. Hey, I'm sorry. I'm actually just having a really, I had a really crappy day at work. I didn't feel like I was productive. This happened. And so for me, I'm asking questions. If I respond, if I start to feel myself get like jealous at like um, in a big group or like an event, I will say, well, okay, why am I, why am I feeling this way? And then I'll say, okay, first, first of all, I like to ask myself, what am I feeling? So I acknowledge it and go, okay, I'm feeling a little jealous. Like, why am I feeling jealous? Mm-hmm. Obviously that's not a fruit of the spirit, but yeah. if I can get to the root, then I can speak truth to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I take myself through this process of acknowledging, feeling it without it becoming a part of my identity. And then I kind of walk myself through this. So I'm feeling jealous. Okay, why? Oh, it's because of an insecurity where I feel like I'm just not good enough and nobody cares about me. Oh, where does that come from? Oh, that comes from mm. this of my childhood to where it comes from this place of I wasn't really seen. I wasn't really encouraged when I was younger. I didn't feel like anybody loved me then. Did anybody really care? And then I can go, oh, okay, this is why I'm feeling jealous. And then mm-hmm. I go and speak truth to it, like mm-hmm. of who I am in Christ and what he's called me to. And just then I can begin to pray and share on the girls around me. Mm-hmm. Do you find that gets easier with time? Where in yeah, the beginning, when you first oh, yeah. started doing it, it probably took more focus. And now oh, yeah. you find that it's, a little bit easier for you to recognize what is that feeling that mm-hmm. I have in me, whether it's jealousy, frustration, anger, sadness, what is that? And how do I move forward? Is that getting easier for you? Yeah. That's why I said it's like a muscle. Yeah. Uh, I'll give you another good example of when I started to understand how the body responds to trauma, because it gets like stuck in your tissues. It just, mm-hmm. you hold on to it. You just, you white knuckle it. If we don't begin to heal uh, is I haven't talked to my mom in probably 10 years. Mm. And I had got a message and some things that happened. And in that moment, I literally started to like, like I I started Mm -hmm. to feel like a little anxious when Mm -hmm. things were happening and it took me back to, I was like, oh my gosh, why, why do I feel really anxious? Why do I feel scared? Why do I feel nervous? Why do I feel all these things? And I was able to bring myself down like, Jess, you're 32. Like, I think it happened last year. It was like, Jess, you're 31. You're in the present moment. This no longer has control. Like, I literally Mm -hmm. had to ground myself because there's like grounding techniques, you know, Mm -hmm. of like, okay, wow, there needs to be some healing still there. Mm -hmm. Because my response wasn't kindness, goodness. It was still fear. It was to run. It was to not deal with it. Mm -hmm. I don't want to deal with this. I don't want like, that's another response. Like we just don't want to deal. Mm -hmm. And that was a perfect example for me of like, wow. Okay. My body chemically remembered all the fights that I had with my mom and how I felt and the the things that were exchanged, even though I feel like I'm healed, but my body responded Mm -hmm. automatically because it knew. And it took me like 10 minutes to come down and off of that and go, wow, okay. Like I said, things needed to be healed here. When we take time to do that healing work, it's the best way to spend our time because then we have that, we're that much more equipped to thrive and yeah. to know the Lord and to be able to walk with other people through that too yeah. because we've been through it ourselves and we've taken the time to take care of ourselves so that we can know God in that way versus just masking and moving forward and suppressing. Yeah. Because like you said, it always comes back. Yeah. 
it, I always say it will become, it will come back in a way of crashing. Mm-hmm. Either your body will physically crash, you know, your adrenals, your thyroid, uh, you might, you'll probably feel it physically before you deal with it emotionally. Mm. If you just keep just crazy. It's crazy that our minds are that capable of holding on to things in a way that we don't even remember yeah. until it's the only thing that we can remember because our bodies are responding. And they're like, hey, like we need your attention, attention, yeah. attention. Yeah. And then we just keep, yeah, we keep pushing and we keep pushing and we think we don't have time. And when I went through a physical healing journey the past couple of years, it was, you don't realize how much of your body is a blessing until you can't use it anymore. And that is something that for me, I'm just like, don't, that's why I'm passionate too, is like, don't let yourself get to this point. Don't, Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to allow you to yourself to get to this Mm -hmm. point. Mm. Speaking of physical fitness and our bodies, can we talk about your faith-based fitness coaching? (laughs) I was, I pulled something from your website that I wanted to read for anyone that may not be familiar with what you're doing, that you say, would you rather live your life from diet to diet or learn how to eat foods that fuel you so you don't have to obsess over your body? My faith-based fitness coaching will teach you how to release pain, restore your faith, rebuild your foundation, and revive your soul so you can be free from the diet culture and the world's view of what your body should look like. I read that. I'm like, yes, yes, I feel that. I I feel it. Yes. How have you seen the Lord capture the hearts and minds of women through this coaching that you do? Yeah, I have been doing this coaching for 10 years and um, I have to say, you know, starting, that's how I started my first fitness business was I actually partnered with Beachbody and I know that people cringe at Beachbody and MLMs and stuff. And it's, listen, not every coach runs their business the same. So I have to say that, but that's my business that I build upon. And what happens is, you know, Beachbody supplies workouts and Mm -hmm. and nutrition, but I go deep into the coaching side, Mm -hmm. which is basically what they get for free. And I noticed that women have a really hard time combining fitness and faith. Mm-hmm. It's kind of this separate compartment. And they're like, how do I do that? Because I know I can read the word, but how do I bring in this idea of like, okay, I, you know, I know faith and I know scripture, but how do I work out? And how does that, you know, like, how does that work? And for me, I have kind of built this four phase process. And this actually just, I did this this year because I kept seeing common themes and I'm like, no, but we need to go back. We need to go back to the Mm -hmm. beginning Mm -hmm. and we need to actually bring up, well, why do you view your body this way? Why do you feel like you have to diet? Is it because people keep saying your whole life, you need to be in Weight Watchers or you need to do this or the next diet or, you know, Atkins or whatever it is. Have you just kept doing these things? So we need to actually stop for a moment, bring awareness to what we're talking about, releasing some pain, releasing Mm -hmm. some stories that you keep believing so we can bring truth to them. Mm -hmm. And then that's why I take them into restoring. We restore what we released. So Mm -hmm. now we're going to be spending time going through this, this process of, okay, here's what you know, here's what you feel, but let's restore that to truth. And so we spent a week on that Mm -hmm. and then we go to the, the foundation, the rebuilding. And that is all about, okay, now we've restored and we have talked about your pain and the things that you're dealing with, but we need to build a foundation based on Christ now in your fitness and in your body, because I address the body as a whole. And I talk about spirit, soul, body a lot. Mm -hmm. I think it helps women understand. I mean, people are like, well, I'm an emotional eater. Well, 
emotional is in the word emotional eater. So let's get to the root of the emotion and the things that cause us to eat. And I think that that is important. And then reviving is living in revival. I think for me, a lot of us wait for revival to happen, but Mm -hmm. revival happens in us first. And then when revival happens in our heart and we get the revelation, then we begin to create change around us, which is revival. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's why I kind of take them through that, that phase, those phases. It's so important to look at all those different elements that allow the Lord to use us. And like you said, He has to first know us and fill us so that we can love others and lead others to Him in overflow. And our fitness is such a part of that. Mm -hmm. I've experienced that personally, that my mind is so powerful in that fitness space. And there have been seasons of my life where I've been through different health things where I've been afraid to work out. I've thought, how's that going to make me feel? I am 100% or nothing. And if I push too hard, that might really hurt me. My body may not be capable of that. And it's amazing when you just go to the Lord, even on the treadmill. I'm like, Lord, I need to call out those lies. My body is capable. My body is strong. And of course, you be careful with different health things that are going on. But for me, it was a mental battle. It was that my mind was telling me and I was believing the lies. Don't, don't push too hard. Don't do that. But the reality is moving my body helps me to know the Lord more. And being healthy helps me to know Him more and gets me in that space with Him. So that is always so intriguing to me to see how women lead others through fitness when they're grounded in their faith and yeah. the element, because I, it is so different than just fitness. It's a really neat piece to it. So I love seeing that you're doing that. We also talk about our perception of failures and shortcomings and things that we look back on in our life. And we think, I learned a lot from that. Those things are part of us, but they don't define us. And last week when I asked you, as I was preparing for this, what are some things that are just on your heart right now? What are some things that you want to talk about? And you were talking about how past experiences do not define who we are and who God says we are. How would you speak this truth in your own words over our community today? I'm really passionate about this. I think just because I've had to overcome this so much in my own personal experience of why do I not, why am I scatterbrained or why do I not pursue what God has called me to do? And if I look back and go, well, it's because I got a no or I got rejected or I don't even like to use the word rejected. Usually it Mm -hmm. just means that it wasn't a right fit or something didn't happen. You know, just you weren't right fit or something. But uh, for me, it was, I just had to learn, okay, like every day, if his mercies are new every day, and this is the day the Lord has made, that means that it's a new day. Mm-hmm. That means that regardless of my past history, it's a new day. And there's nothing that has happened yet that I couldn't do before, you know, before. Mm-hmm. And I just see so many women. Now I talk to women every day. Well, you know, I just couldn't do it before and I failed and I tried this diet or I tried to heal and it was just too hard. And this is just the way I'm always going to be. And it drives me bonkers. (laughs) (laughs) And I say that with love because I am like your tough love coach. Like, 
don't come to me if you want me to like dish you or dish your husband with you. Like, I'm just not Mm -hmm. that girl. Mm -hmm. And I say those things because I want you to grow in the Lord because he calls us higher. He Mm -hmm. calls us higher. Mm -hmm. And just because, like I said before, what was doesn't mean we'll always be. And just because it happened in the past doesn't mean it has to happen in the future. And it doesn't mean it has to happen today. Mm-hmm. And we get to make that decision. But there's so many things that go into that, like trauma, carrying the pain, forgiveness in our heart. Like just the, it's every time we put something in our backpack, say we have a backpack and then every time somebody hurts us, we mm-hmm. add a rock. And then we get hurt again, out of rock. Somebody told us no, out of rock. And guess what happens? We start to feel really heavy after a while. Why? Because we have a backpack full of rocks, of things that we're carrying that God's like, I don't know why you're carrying that. Mm-hmm. I didn't ask you to carry it. Did, did you go to the cross? I sent my son to the cross. Mm-hmm. And that for me was like, okay, I had to walk like, why do I get so upset? Why, like, why do these things happen? Just because this person told me no, doesn't mean I'll never get a book deal. Right. Or just mm-hmm. because this had like, it's reframing the narrative that we believe. And that's why I just get so passionate about that because I don't want women to live in what was, mm-hmm. I want them to live in what could be. Mm-hmm. And that's why I just get fired up mm-hmm. about it. It's mm, good. Can you tell us about your podcast? What's the truth? <laughs> we, I would love for you to invite our community in to subscribe and to listen. But more than that, I really want them to know your heart behind this. And maybe even an episode that you're currently working on or a series that you're really excited about. Can you just let us into that space for a moment with you? Yeah. I So... <laughs> So what's the truth is a podcast that I created at the beginning of this year. And I actually sat on podcast creating for like a year. I had a couple ideas was like, okay, walking in the word, because I love to walk. And I was Mm -hmm. like, okay, I'm going to just get a mic and I'm going to walk with them. So they can go walking (laughs) together. (laughs) And then I had walking in your worth because I, of course, am all about the worth and sat on it for a while. And I don't know why what's the truth kept coming to me, but I do it in my own life because I write a lot and I journal and I kept saying to myself, this is what you feel, but what's the truth to what you feel? And I would say it to my clients. I look at journals and notebooks from past teachings and trainings I've been to in those notebooks. I'd say the same thing. Okay. What's the truth? Mm. This is what you feel. Mm-hmm. It was kind of this common theme. Mm-hmm. And every week uh, on Wednesdays, I address a lie. So <laughs> it's not your common podcast. Mm-hmm. It's not like something that's super, you know, this is what it is. But mm-hmm. every lie, every week is a lie on Wednesdays. And on Monday is a truth talk. And it's just, let's bring truth to the table. And I have one that I'm going to re- be recording soon called Fast Food Christianity. <laughs> I don't know. My pastor said fast food Christianity one day. And I was like, I'm going to do a truth talk on that. Cause <laughs> it's that fast food. It's that, mm-hmm. um, give it to me fast God. Cause if not, I'm not going to believe in you anymore. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that's just like, you know, of course, like really big topic, but I just want to talk about that soon. And somebody good, you're on the podcast, Brett. Yeah. And we're just, I love addressing lies 
because I don't think we even realize most mm-hmm. of the time that they're a lie because we've been, it's been spoken over, over us for so long that we believe it to be true. Mm-hmm. And so every week it's like, um, I just recorded one yesterday. It is my fault. You mm-hmm. know, we recorded yours, Britt. And mm-hmm. or we recorded a true talk with you. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, lies like I am broken. And it just goes on and on and on of these things. I know women probably say in their mm-hmm. head or in a journal, but maybe not out loud. Mm-hmm. And then every week we just bring truth to them. Mm. So neat. I love how the Lord brings themes and topics and stirrings to us. And sometimes we get distracted for a minute and think, oh, but I really like, I, I really like that. But he keeps it there. Like you, can, you can go explore that for a minute, but this is what it's going to be. We're going to talk about truth. We're going to talk about lies. And we're going to make it so abundantly clear to women that they can turn this on when they have 25 minutes and they're sitting in the carpool line. And we're going to address something that maybe they didn't even realize they were believing that's not the truth. Yeah. I'm so spurred on by it and excited about it. And I'm loving it. And I know our community will too. So I wanted them to get to hear from you a little bit about that here today. And as we wrap up, my last question for you ties all of this together. What would you say to the Wheatful woman that's listening to spur her on in her unwavering belief that she is worth it? Hmm. I think I would add on to that, that it's never too late. I think we kind of come to ourselves in worth and identity at different stages and ages in life, depending on our awareness level of, because faith comes by hearing, but doubt also comes by hearing. Mm -hmm. And depending on if somebody's brought to your attention, who the true nature of God is. Because if you believed a lie that, you know, your sin separates you or God's looking down on you or, you know, all these things, it's going to keep you from believing that you're worth it. And that's important. But when you come to those moments, I want to remind you that it's not too late. I don't care if you're 30, 40, 50. We, I mean, we see in the Bible how amazing life got as they got older. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they got wiser, they mm-hmm. got more awesome. <laughs> but I know that the world tells us that as we get older, we kind of decay. And yes, our body, you know, is growing older, but our mind is being renewed day by day. Mm-hmm. And I think in this world, in the physical world, it's just, well, you're getting older and who cares? And life's going to end soon. I don't know why we like have this like dreadful mm-hmm. emotions we with do. it. But honor, like we need to get excited about life again. We need to get excited about where God's taking us and just excited about what he's called us to. And really it's never too late. Like that's my big, like just today's a new day. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, it doesn't have to look any, like if you weren't carrying the pain that you were carrying right now, what would you do today? Mm. Wow. <laughs> and I'm going to end on that. <laughs> Did you hear that noise I made? Did you said that? <laughs> You weren't carrying, can you repeat that? I would love for you just to repeat that. If you, if you weren't carrying the pain that you're carrying, what would you do today? Mm. We need to just sit on that for a minute because we have the ability to harness that strength. Strength and courage have been my two words lately. Yeah. But we have that at our fingertips because it is not about us. It's about knowing God and it's about letting Him speak through us. 
And I see you doing so much of that. And I'm so thankful you joined me today. I'm thankful for your willingness to share your story and your experiences because you know that the Lord has done something in you that he wants to do in other women too. And in you showing up and talking about it and sharing it, it's going to allow another woman to say, I think I can do that too. I think I can do that too. I may need to follow along on her Instagram so that she can keep spurring me on, but I can do it too. I know I can because I've seen him do it through Jess. So thank you for being here today and for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so fun. Get plugged in with Jessica online over on Instagram at Jessica Hoddle at jessicahoddle.com and then also through her podcast, What's the Truth? Check out our show notes for more on where you can find Jessica. Did you enjoy this episode? Would you hit that subscribe button, leave us a five-star review, and share this podcast with a girlfriend? A great way to help us get the word out is by screenshotting this episode on your cell phone and tagging us at Wheatful Woman to your Instagram story. We'd love to hear your favorite parts of the show so we can keep creating episodes that show up to serve you. Thanks for tuning in, and we can't wait to catch you next time.